Welcome to the Are We Still Here podcast, where we talk about what really matters for you and your own health and fitness. I'm Jess. And I'm Sasha. And each week we'll come to you with a no-nonsense topic, which will make you challenge your own thoughts and ask, are we still here? Don't forget to like, share and subscribe if you're enjoying the podcast. And let's get to today's pod. what the hell is going on <laughs> episode <laughs> episode 47 seven. episode yeah. 47 47 have you if do you think people have listened to every single episode no if you have drop us a message yeah you'll get um something sent to you in the post <laughs> <laughs> you can sort that jess um, <laughs> um just to start if you do listen and you do like the podcast, please like, um, you can't like it, can you? Please. You can like it on Spotify. We're back. We've got 11 five-star reviews on Spotify. Oh, nice. Okay. So leave a review, tell your, tell your mates about it. Um, and just, yeah, try and try and share the love. Um, but yeah, this is episode 47 and we're going to chat a little bit about um, intention versus action. And we're also going to talk about how, the the thought of image is becoming more and more overwhelming in our um very self-obsessed world <laughs> and how do it you, can be quite dangerous do you feel like self-image self image is getting worse or better worse i think it was i think it's been around for so long the thought of being attractive and thin makes you successful it's been around for so long that I I personally don't think it will ever disappear however I think our views around it are extremely deep and ingrained and something that I think we would even talk oh I've got a perfect example can I hit you with an example go for it here's an example and you'll be like fuck that's so true um I saw a video this was a long time ago. I can't remember. And I was like, fucking hell, that's true, isn't it? <laughs> Let, let's all go back to what year was it when Susan Boyle was on? Um, I would hazard a guess and say 2007. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to look. Yeah. I wish I had like, you know, like Joe Rogan got that person who searches for him. That's me. Oh, 2009. 2009. Close. So 2009. Um, it was X Factor, right? Uh, Britain's Got Talent. Britain's Got Talent. Okay, I've got it wrong already. <laughs> Come on, Sasha, get the facts right. Susan Boyle walks on stage. What do people do? Judge her. What do, but what do they actually do? I don't know. What did they, they do? They laugh. Oh, did they? That's awful. Yeah. Well, I knew they were, everyone was very judging. So you know the camera pans around the audience? Mm. There's people whispering and giggling and Simon Cowell looks to whoever it was, Amanda Holden or whoever giggles rolls his eyes probably um and they all sit there as if to like oh god this is going to be a waste of time why is that the whole analogy of don't judge a book by its cover type of thing which is people are just making presumptions based on how she looks straight away susan boyle is unconventionally you know she's not a conventionally attractive person so how old was she when she went on that because i think she basically i think yeah she she looked much older, didn't she? Because and maybe she was. you know yeah. what? She looked a lot older because of the way she was 
dressed and and 40 year olds now it's just like 13 year olds when we were 13 was dungarees and mud on your face and hair and pigtails but then the 13 year old now wears a crop top and fucking lip fillers it's like it's just how you know it's just how it is and Susan Boyle yeah okay she compared to a 40 are you searching how old she was she's 61 now and, and 2009, was, so that's 11, yeah. 13 years ago. So she was late 40s. Mm-hmm. If a woman in her late 40s who was a bit of a MILF came on stage, do you think people would have laughed? No. There you go. So she walks on stage, everyone laughs. Um, and then the biggest thing about this whole scenario is that when she sings and it's magnificent, everyone's shocked. Why are you shocked? Why are you shocked that a woman that what, this woman can sing? She's on Britain's Got Talent. Oh, well, because she's, you know, because what? Because she, what? Because she's not hot. Mm. It's like why we're the literally the nation was so shocked because a woman that wasn't conventionally attractive had a good voice. Do you think that also was maybe why she was so popular? Uh, don't get me wrong. She 100% has like got the most unreal voice, like yeah. credit to her, like as the talent. But do you feel like also that contributed to her success? Yeah. So why do you think she was so famous? And everyone knows, I'm sure there's plenty of people that are on Britain's Got Talent that I can't remember. Thousands almost. But it's I know who Susan Boyle is. Sim- similar to that guy. Was it Paul Paul Potts? He Paul was Potts. like an opera singer as well, wasn't he? Yep. Absolutely outstanding. I'd say a better voice, probably. I'm going to say another one. I don't remember their names. Charlotte and something. They came on as a two 18, 16, 18 year olds, I think. The girl was quite slim. She had long, dark hair. And then the guy that was with her, I can't remember his name. I can't remember that one. He was a very big guy. His voice was like, he was like an opera singer. Jonathan and Charlotte. Yes, Jonathan and Charlotte. Honestly, watch that video. And in he, right, the guy, because he's so scared about what people will think him because of his weight. He looks at Charlotte while he's singing and he'll look at her as if to say, like, I'm fucking scared. People are going to call me fat. Mm. What am I going to do? His voice was like, it, if you listen to it now, like if you went on YouTube now and listened to it, you'd literally be like, oh, my God. It was like breathtaking, like Pavarotti vibes. Mm. And then when you look at people who are popular now. They're fucking no, no offense to Cheryl Cole. She's pro- she can sing okay. Yeah. Is she Paul? Yeah, pop? pretty bang average. Yeah. Yeah. No. Is she hot? Slamming. <laughs> right? Why do you think she was so famous? Do you think if she looked like Susan Ball, she'd marry a footballer and then become a the, the face of L'Oreal Elnet hairspray? What'd she fuck? Tell you what, that hairspray is banging. That's getting me through okay. some tough root days at the <laughs> minute. <laughs> Very good hairspray. <laughs> and then it just makes you think like, Look at Phil Collins. Everyone knows Phil Collins is musician. Look at like me and Dan were watching a thing on the Beach Boys the other day. They all look like senators from America. Yeah, they're not attractive. Look at the Beatles. Not really attractive. Yeah, because before we went through a stage maybe in the 70s, 80s, 90s, where image was, it was almost like talent came in for a second and was like, hey, look what these guys can do. And then after that, because of social media, maybe, I'm sure there's loads more to it. We've got um, people that do a dance on TikTok, can't really sing, but release albums and do concerts, mm. who are like 18. 
And it's like, if you look at Phil Collins and I don't know name of one, uh, um, come on, Sasha. I don't know. I don't uh, uh, An 18 year old from America, I'm guessing. Talent, image. It's almost like now, talent, is, talent doesn't matter that much, but because we can mm. sort that out on the auto tune and with the technology we now have, don't worry about that. It's like, but you're, you're hot, people are gonna wanna look at you. Mm -hmm. And it's the same in our industry. Think about the geeks that sit behind a desk and write these fucking amazing programs and know everything about energy systems and uh, strength continuums and how to train someone to do this and how to do, and they just got all this knowledge and they're sat there and they've got athletes in front of them and they just sit and they just do the work. And then you got Doris who did a level two, didn't finish a level three because you don't need it anymore. Deadlifts with Doris. Deadlifts with Doris. <laughs> Looks great. Makes millions. Yeah. From doing the, the bare minimum, like having zero, a recipe. Of zero qualifications. Good genetics in what is valued in society at the current time and um, a substantial following. Absolutely. People making millions from like we spoke about before, releasing a recipe book where one of the recipes was watermelon. Slice watermelon. Chop watermelon. <laughs> Serve. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I need a drink of water after that. Yeah, I know you'd parched. I don't know if he's better, better at making speeches, you or Susan Boyle. <laughs> so this is how bad it is, right? Yeah which is why personally I choose to not post pictures of myself or in the gym, you know, oh, Sasha, I can, you know, a, a good friend of mine uh, who takes photos for people in gym said, oh, Sasha, do you want me to do a photo shoot in the gym? I'm like, why? What the fuck has me wearing Lululemon got to do with my ability to coach my clients? nothing so it started to make me feel really uncomfortable because I felt like as a, a, a you know I'm not blowing my own trumpet but I'm a size eight yeah I got big tits <laughs> my ass it my, my ass is actually a lot smaller than it used to be um but I'm slim and and I'll I'll, I'll look pro I could probably look quite good and I'm not I'm not blowing my own trumpet but that's just the way it is I could probably look quite nice if someone took photos of me in the gym because I'm just, you know, I'm lucky in that way. I've been training a long time and I, you know, it's just, it is what it is, but it's got nothing to do with anything anymore. And it mm. used to, it used to have something to do. And the dangers with that is that if you, if you, if image is everything and all you care about is what you look like and, oh, I need to make sure I'm doing my three glute days a week because otherwise um, when I take my, when I have my photo shoot in the gym next month, um, my bum's not going to look as good. So I need to make sure I'm doing that. If your job is just that, if you suddenly have a, a, a time in your life where you're not training as much or you're feeling a bit down or um, something bad happens in your family, so you lose a load of weight or you gain a load of weight or you don't feel your best and suddenly your business is empty because that's what, that's what you see your, your business as. Suddenly, if, if your body's your business and then suddenly your body ain't looking as good as you, you want it to look because remember, people don't care, only you care then suddenly your business means nothing. And it's yeah. Empty. And, and I think as well, 
it's a dangerous path to fall down, isn't it? I've seen a few people recently who were like saying about um, doing a, a like coaches and stuff like oh I'm doing a, a 12 week thing or whatever it is and it's like they only feel good when they're doing that 12 week thing and it's like what about all the other times in the year and I think embracing your body when it's um in all its stages for anybody right not not just dieting not just whatever like embracing your body when it's bloated which even though you might not like it because it feels a bit shit because it's like uncomfortable to sit down or like your digestive tract doesn't feel that great embracing that that's a part of who you are as a person Mm -hmm. and it being like okay doesn't necessarily I don't necessarily like this feeling because it makes me feel a bit groggy today but I know that it is part of the process of me going through the month the year the week the Mm -hmm. the my lifetime it's just where you are sat at that moment in time and Mm -hmm. I think that's a really difficult thing because it's uncomfortable because maybe of the perception of what other people are showing online and we judge people yeah exactly and I think you said it not long ago and, and I totally totally agree it's like um for example posting a photo on your story or on Instagram or whatever and maybe you're just a bit more bloated because it's your time of your month time of the month or whatever reason right it might just be you've had I don't know you had a really salty meal last night but it's like almost now it's like we almost it's like we feel this need to add a caveat to it by the way guys I feel really bloated last night and it's like why are we why are we doing that it's mad isn't it and it's like but then in some ways I do think that us talking about it and say if we maybe spoke about that on our stories does that necessarily open up the conversation for other people to think differently about the the permission that they grant themselves I don't know because like you said before maybe in our position of um people looking to us for health and fitness advice that is the conversation that we should be opening up but you also might decide on a personal level you're like I don't even want to get involved yeah yeah it's it's a really difficult one it's a really difficult one and especially because we're in this job and because we are the size we are it is really tough and it's like I remember my client said to me this ages ago now maybe a year ago well, why is your stomach flat? And I remember just being like, I don't know. Mm. I don't fucking know. But what's what's really frustrating as well is um, like skinny white privilege, which is the people who don't acknowledge like that as I don't know, or um, my stomach looks this way because I've actually got a really long torso and my abs are visible because I'm actually really lean in this area or whatever. The people mm. who don't acknowledge those as factors and instead just go, but you just need to try harder. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> and it's like, right, I'm just going to pick you up. I'm just going to put you in this bin. <laughs> Get in there. No, yeah, you're totally right. It's like people don't own the situation they're in and give, like, I, I personally don't know why. Because mm. I could um, be genetically prone to you know when that when we talk about some people are just genetically prone to carrying a bit more weight and some people are gen- genetically prone to carrying a bit less weight some people mm-hmm. will change um I think uh I'm so bad with names honestly it's actually embarrassing because these are people I actually like and then I my, my name's Jess <laughs> <laughs> oh Amelia fucking Thompson oh my god oh, yeah. she did a post about set point the other day oh I saw that yeah but how and how it it's a much bigger than we think as in like it's a range but also how it works both ways 
and it's basically like you're some people are fighting against it by trying to be smaller but some people are also fighting against it trying to be bigger but then mm. people's that are, so for example I'm on the the latter where I had to really put some effort in to be bigger and be musclier and whatever and then when I just went to train normally obviously it all came off almost instantly people would be like oh well fucking oh you must be so upset about that blah blah blah, blah. oh I'll poor you whatever it's like oh well, it's all subjective because it's like wait well yeah, but I want that, that. Tell that to somebody who's got thyroid problems who's desperately trying to put on weight or tell, tell that. To, yeah. yeah. It's like, it just depends on what body's fashionable at the minute. Mm-hmm. You know, and we all just try and like fucking, a body is fashionable and suddenly we just try and morph ourselves into that body. And it's like, okay, but it's not anymore. So for example, when the Kardashian thing was big and it was uh, hourglass essentially. I'd still, and, say, still say it's having its time, is isn't it? it? Yeah. So it's still, yes, yeah, because the BBLs are still happening and whatever. So if big hips, big bum, small waist, big boobs are fashionable, what if you're straight up and down, kind of rectangle shape, which is, by the way, the most common shape, no boobs, kind of flat bum. What, so are they, are they, are they do you still see them as lucky because they're smaller? It's like, mm. this is why none of this, is, it's why it's all just fucking stupid because it's like, none of it means anything and it will mean something totally different in five years. And then totally different in 10 years. And it's just like none of the, it, it's all fucking bizarre. And which is why I think personally, when I'm talking to a client or, or a potential client or someone I've been working in and the, the subject keeps coming back to image, deep, deep, deep down, even though they haven't mentioned it, a part of my goal of working with that person is to help them realize that if they keep obsessing about image for the rest of their lives it's so sad it's so it's heartbreaking almost and I think what's really important to note here is like self-image is just one part of the puzzle so like what we're talking about today also includes like that that um like Mm self-concept so not only how and self-image is one of those so not only how you see yourself Mm -hmm. as, as part of that concept but how you feel and also how you think about yourself. So the feel one, I think a lot of us become quite numb to because we don't regularly check in with ourselves about how we feel about things. And the thinking part is almost so deeply ingrained over a series of beliefs and values and experiences over our lifetime that Mm -hmm. we don't even question it anymore. So for example, I think that I should have a bigger bum as as an example. Okay, well, why do you think that? Well, I think that because that so someone, do you know what I mean? Someone once said I had a flat ass or someone once said this, or actually I keep getting targeted with booty band programs on Instagram, which is making me think my ass is too small because the woman who's promoting them has got a massive ass, whatever it is, right? And it's like, until you start to ask yourself and dig a little bit deeper around all these questions, you're total understanding of who your, your self-concept is, is can easily just be like swept under the rug as not important, mm-hmm. but it actually is so, so important. And, and all of us should do this, like me included, like I need to sit with these things more frequently. Me and Sasha just had a, a 45 minute conversation <laughs> before this call about like, bloody hell, the, the meaning of life, I reckon. Yeah. But it, it goes deep, it goes deep and it's like, sometimes it's uncomfortable because you're often admitting something that you don't like to hear about yourself absolutely and I think like 
Um, I was reading something the other day about this woman who does a lot of conservation work and she's in nature a lot and sometimes she has to go out and stay out and whatever. And she says there is a group of people there, so maybe three or four people, sometimes up to six. And she goes, it's funny because when you first get there, you wake up, you do your makeup, you know, you get your mirror out, you just check your hair mm. and whatever, and you put your earrings in or whatever. And she goes, and that's maybe the same for a few days. And then it's weird. She goes, and then there's suddenly just a switch and suddenly you just do not give a fuck anymore. Mm. And you're like, I'm not going to, oh, uh, I can't be asked. And I think sometimes it's the same if I'm on holiday for, for a relatively long time. Mm. At the beginning, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to wear this. Oh, yeah, look at this outfit or this holiday outfit. Give it four days. I've got the same T-shirt on as I've had on for three days. I'm wearing the same shorts, clean underwear, got no mm. makeup on. I can't remember the last time I washed my hair and I just got flip-flops on. Mm. It's not Because when you're on holiday, you're almost, it's an escape from the world that you live in. And suddenly you're in a hot country with your mates and you don't care anymore. And suddenly you're like, it's almost like you go back to living how you would live if we didn't have any outside influences. Mm. You're like, I don't care. No one's taking photos. My friends are here. I don't care if I've not got makeup on. Like, they're not even looking at my face. Like, no one gives a shit. And it's important to understand that you are doing these things for other people. 100%. Me and Sophie, my my best mate, we said this, we went traveling in 2016, which seems like, oh, it was only last year, but it was a long time ago now. Six years ago. Yeah. And I remember it was before Instagram stories and stuff like that. That wasn't a thing when we, when we were there. So it wasn't like we were keeping the world updated in real time of what we were doing or whatever. It was like, it was, it was different. And I remember same thing, not putting on makeup like at all. My hair is naturally really like wavy and curly Mm -hmm. and I didn't dry it or straighten it because I didn't take any with me. And it was just wild. Although I do really wish I learned to plait before I went. It's a skill (laughs) that I've learned since then because that would have saved me a lot. Mm -hmm. But like we said, like we sometimes go through some of the photos that we, we have and it's like we were not those sort of influencer people like there's one photo where we're in um, Halong Bay, which is in Vietnam. And it's like these, it's, it's like thousands of mini islands, basically. Mm-hmm. And you go on like a boat tour. <laughs> there's one where we stood at the top of this like hill. And we look like, <laughs> we look like we've, we've, we're like homeless people because we're wearing random like outfits that again, have gathered little wears and tears yeah. over the whole food on there like stuff and and, 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 like yeah it just like doesn't look like it's not a look that we both probably had since we got back Mm -hmm. but we just laugh so much how about we weren't we're so far apart from that moment in time to now but at the time it didn't seem like that was a uh, Mm -hmm. there was anything wrong with that but it's like perception of Mm-hmm. and I don't think that photo even exists online I think it's just for our archives somewhere but it's like it's just funny isn't it how times mm-hmm. times change so quickly like yeah that's that's it, fact, that's what well, six years isn't it six years, six years since we went away and but, isn't it weird? Is- but people crave it right so I know mm-hmm. I do for example so I know in my head deep down that in the next 10 years I'll, I'll probably travel for mm. a year or so I know I will it's, I just know I will and then since I met Dan it's almost even more cemented in my thoughts because I just know it's going to happen I don't know when I don't know where we're going to go but I just know it is and when people say oh, oh, I can't wait to go traveling or can't wait to go on holiday I can just wear no makeup and I can just leave my phone in my bag and I can just do this and I can do so it's almost like our idea of relaxation and really fight like without sounding like a 
you know a person with a trust fund in Bali like finding Mm -hmm. themselves it's almost like we really want to do that because we want to relax and do whatever but we're not doing it now when you could if I wanted to wear no makeup and um not look at my phone as much and be feel feel a bit more free and do more of like I wanted I could do that now yeah but it's almost like we have to be taken away from our environment to actually like discover ourselves because Mm -hmm. our outside influences now are so they're so prominent and they they literally guide everything we do without even thinking about it that we're we're consciously trying to escape normality Mm -hmm. and you've got to ask yourself what like why are you waiting to go to fucking uh, Copenhagen to do that? Isn't do it, it now? You, you catch yourself doing that as well, don't you? Like the escape to reality. Like how many times do you like look at your phone, mm-hmm. put it down, and then pick it up again not long after, and you're like, "Whoa, I've just literally just just looked." So I don't need to just look again. Yeah, and he says that in. So I read. Obviously, everyone knows I said it on the last one, but I read four thousand weeks, and Jess is listening to it, and I found it really interesting about the procrastination of how he says that. You procrastinate everything. You will procrastinate even when you're doing something that is truly meaningful to you. Mm-hmm. Because in that moment, whatever you're doing, so say say for me, it would be like writing. If I really wanted to write something, I would probably stop halfway and look at my phone. Why? Because, yeah. because I'm escaping. I just want a break from my reality, no matter how good it is. And then mm-hmm. suddenly you get on your phone and it's just like entertainment and it's thoughtless and it's mindless, even though I want to do that writing. But he says, even if, even if like you, and I do sometimes do this throughout mm-hmm. the day, I'll go put my phone in another room. Yes. And be like, you'll find something I'm, else. Yeah. It's like, oh no, I've got, don't worry. I've got WhatsApp desktop on here. <laughs> Damn it. Like, like this, this is just another thing. But the same sense, whereas if I did blank everything, I'd be like, oh, where's my nail file? Like, yeah. oh, where's yeah, my yeah. Oh, it's the that, same, yeah yeah you do something you do something so say I'm programming right and my phone's in a different room I might grab a book yeah yeah because my programming at that moment is my reality my book is my escape but then if my if my reality is reading then I'll look for something else so same so I said to you I'll, yeah. I always do that when I'm reading I'm like yeah. oh, oh the house needs tidying reading is your reality so whatever's your reality you will try and get a little escape from it because it's quite hard to be like this is it this is what I'm doing right now mm-hmm. which kind of leads into what we the kind of habit thing we wanted to touch on but without sounding like a broken record and I think invisible scripts are, are really interesting I'll just read mm-hmm. out the definition I've got it here um invisible scripts are truths that are so deeply embedded in society and that we've and that we don't so let's start that again shall we what are we writing <clears throat> invisible scripts are truths that are so deeply embedded in society that we don't even realize that they're guiding our attitudes and behavior like water to a fish they surround us even though we don't know it um and if you don't know that water to a fish thing it's like um two fish are swimming in a pond when the older fish start swimming the other way towards them when the older fish passes them he nods and says good morning how's the water the two fish swim for a while before one of them looks at the other one and asks what the hell is water because it's just so there so you're like what and I think a good question which I'm going to ask you now Jess can you think Jess Neri of a belief that is that's pre-written by your societal values like something that you do because you just 
feel like that's who you are and that's what you do even Um, though it is not necessarily you don't necessarily have to do it it's just or think it's just one of those things um uh, I guess well just like something that's so automated I guess brushing my teeth in the morning would you say that's one and that's and that's made by society in the sense that you should brush we, li- we we live in a Western world where dental hygiene is highly promoted, and our parents mm-hmm. taught us it from a young age. Would you say that's one? It, yeah, I think. Or do you mean is. more about? I would me? say that was more like of an, an an ingrained habit that is complete ritual and habit ritual and habitual. So I'm just going to read out an example of what one is because obviously we talked about culture in Indian culture parents will sacrifice virtually everything for their child to succeed as in like why aren't you a doctor you know I'm sure I'm not Indian I don't have any Indian friends but I you know I read a lot about stuff like this and I've heard Indian people in conversations on podcasts and stuff talk about it and joke about it saying like if you told your Indian parents that you wanted to paint for a living, they'd be like, fuck no. <laughs> Maybe like, you're going to university, you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be a dentist, you're going to be a lawyer, you're going to be, I don't know, a university professor. You're going to do something academic and you do it well and I'm going to make sure you do and that's all they care about. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because that's just a value in that culture. Because they don't, the passions aren't jobs. Job is like, success and money and whatever um so that's one and I think something to do with your values could be like um oh it's just so think of something that you say and then afterwards you say oh it's just the way I am Um, that's an invisible script I'm trying to think In, in my own way I'm a bit of a perfectionist at home in the way that I like things okay because that's just the way you are. That's just the way I am. Yeah. And why do you think that is? Because my mum was like it. <laughs> my yeah. mum's like it at home. And I always say to Matt, like, I know I'm a bit of a pain in the ass because it's not like I've got, it's not like I'm really, um, oh, I've left my hot water bottle up there that I made um, <laughs> to bring over here and I'm freezing. Um, it's not that I'm like overly tidy or anything like that. It's just that I like the things the way I like them. And I have ridiculous standards that only I can set. So for example, I only, I only clean the bathrooms in our house, right? And that's not because Matt can't do them. I just know that if he did them, it wouldn't be the way that I like them. Yeah, I'm the same. So, and it's not like, so it's just like an unwritten agreement that that's what I do. That's just the thing that, like, do you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. There's just certain elements mm-hmm. of that. And I think as well, because my mum was like that when we grew up, mm-hmm that things had to be a certain standard I'm the same and I also think as well that that is transferred into other things that I would like to think I always try to achieve a lot whether it's in my career whether it's in my endeavors in health and fitness whatever again probably because I've had I had high standards growing up and my mum and dad never said like oh if you don't you don't do a marathon when you're 31 like <laughs> we are gonna disown you like that was never it but it's obviously something deep rooted there yeah, so you just took cleaning the bathroom mm. to your need or your, I wouldn't say, maybe it's a need, not like a, not, when I say need, Jess, I don't mean in like a bad way. I mean, 
your desire let's say desire mm. to succeed and maybe not fail and maybe achieve 100 no, there you go but I, can you see how that is kind of, I, kind of I, rubbing a I broke, yeah no I broke this down in therapy believe you me. <laughs> <laughs> I I know that I know that yeah. and it's definitely it's definitely there but it's um it's just one of those things that it's like often it's not necessarily about changing it but just mm-hmm. being aware of that and what that makes you you again self yeah uh, self-concept okay how do I feel about that mm-hmm. how, why does that make me think that way like it, it so all stems later from in that life. so then you've got to think about whether that serves you or not yeah for sure it, and and, it, and this there's at times where I think it doesn't and there's times where I think mm-hmm. it doesn't another example and I've said to you before is like I come from a family of very petite women mm-hmm. um part of that is like a genetic thing in yeah. the sense that we struggle to put on muscle yeah does that ne- is that necessarily subconsciously added to the fact that I love strength training or the fact that I seek a desire to be strong like whether mm-hmm. not that's that's a, a 100k deadlift or whatever that's like instead the the need to feel like I'm doing my body a service potentially mm-hmm. probably has got something to do with it I'd say for sure probably so it's like but being aware of that is good because then you can mm-hmm. understand yourself better as a human yeah so it's about understanding your invisible scripts mm. being aware of them and then actually asking yourself whether it's a negative or a bad thing so that that achieving thing is really interesting mm. because I don't know if I've said this on the I don't even know if I've said it to you before anyway we're all, we're all friends here <laughs> so when I went to college in London I went to a fashion college and at the time it was very very new and it was called the fashion retail academy and it was owned and funded by um, uh, Sir Philip Green, who owned Arcadia, which is Topshop, top which yeah. is now dead, but also Peter Jones. So I met Peter Jones a couple of times. Is in Peter Jones from Dragon's Den. Is in Peter Jones from Dragon's Den. So I, I got into this college. I really wanted to go because I Googled it literally. And I was like, this looks great. Because it was like, it was fashion, but not design. Mm-hmm. So it was like supply chain, um, the finance behind it, like budgeting, like, um it was all basically what goes on behind closed doors that's not in the design room and I was like this is what I want to do I fucking love that shit Mm -hmm. so I went and I got in and we moved to London and suddenly I'm in this fucking fashion college and I did one year so you could do one year or two years so I did one year and at the end I was still only 19 no 18 so because I dropped out of um a level so I was like you know what I'm gonna do one more year and then I did one more year. So it just went, it was like level three, then level four. And then at the end of level four, there was this guy in my class who was like dead smart. And he came up to me at the end of the class and it stuck in my head till this day. And he said, he shook my hand in like a weird way. And he just looked at me in the eye and he said, Sasha, you're going to do something great. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, I don't know. He was like, I just have a feeling that you're going to do something really, really good. And then he just fucking left. And you never saw him again. And I never, I no, literally never saw him again. <laughs> never saw him again. And I was like, right. And I didn't think about it at the time. But then as I went into fashion and then left fashion, started my own business, became a PT, whatever, I had it in my head that I was almost using that as well. He said that you he said this random stranger that you said, so you better do something great. Otherwise, not, not he's going to be fucking disappointed. Never spoke to him, but he, thought that you could so if you don't it's almost like well you have potential you should 
Mm-hmm. So sometimes I used it as like, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to do something great. I'm going to do something great. But then I realized that nothing I did was ever great enough mm. because I was always like, oh yeah, but this is, yeah, this is good. But he said, great. He said, great. So this isn't, so I actually used to use it to drive me, but I actually got rid of it because it was, it wasn't serving me because it was making me think that nothing I ever did was actually that great, even though mm-hmm. it was. When I look yeah. back, like, I don't know, when I first, when I, when I first filled my PT diary and moved out of Virgin and took all my clients with me, that's fucking epic. But at the time I was like, well, no, because it, you know, everyone does that. Do you know what though? I, I think that's it, isn't it? When you have these, like these invisible scripts or whatever, and, and like self-fulfilling prophecies that mm-hmm. you have either set out for yourself or somebody else has set out for yourself, mm-hmm. that really impacts the way that you view yeah. your future self in 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 a in a positive or negative way I think it can Mm -hmm. go both ways yeah um but like you say Mm -hmm. you've got to be aware of of when that's causing Mm -hmm. like detriment to your health exactly it's like what what Brene Brown says she always get she always says healthy striving Mm. healthy striving is great because it's like it's taking you just past where you are it's nice to be working towards something and it's not, it's not afraid of being afraid of failure. It's just healthy, healthy striving is just being like, you know, I can, I can, I think I can do better. I can do better than this. And it's like talking to yourself, like, yeah, I, I think I can do better than this rather than some fucking random dude said I was going to do a great thing. So now nothing I do is good enough. And then I'll never be satisfied because I'm always waiting for this great thing that I'm supposed to have done. And I've not done it yet, but maybe I have, but it just was an anti-climax yeah so it's like sometimes you have to really think like I'm what I'm doing is fine it's like when we say or people say oh um oh yeah I am gonna do that I am gonna apply for that job but I just need to lose that weight Mm. first because otherwise I don't feel confident enough to do it that's a dangerous dangerous place to be Mm -hmm. because you're putting everything on something that sorry but you might never do you don't we don't It's like blue blue sky thinking, isn't it? It's almost like constantly thinking that you need to have this huge goal or whatever. And and maybe that that is the way that some people Mm -hmm. are inclined. And Mm -hmm. luckily we have people like that on this planet that create, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, solve, uh, solve viruses because they, they think of the big, the big goal or people who yeah people do epic technology yeah. and, and it's great, but it's like, even for those people, mm-hmm. what do they do once they've done that? It's like, what's next? You buy it's like, Twitter. Um, I think that's it. Um, do you know, Greg James's wife, that Bella, Bella McKay, oh, is it? Yeah. Or Mackie? Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw her on Instagram today and she basically, I just went like on a little scroll for a few because I think she's just released a second book, mm. um, how to how to kill or something it's called or whatever. But she, it's like a fiction. Yeah. Um, uh, let's have a look. Let's say how, how to kill your family is a fiction. And on her yeah. thing, it basically, it basically said that she was like, oh my God, my second, second book is so much harder than the first to write because it's like you've got this expectation and the first one was maybe like all your ideas boom done it and then it's like your publisher's like okay next and it's like oh (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like the panic of oh god what's next and I think that's that's it um it is is the first thing you like the first client I ever had Jessica her name was 
I was, I was like, it's my first client. I've got everything to say to this person. I'm like, all this stuff that I've done is finally, I'm finally going to put it into practice. Or like when I did my first email, like, like I said in my talk the other day, I could have written it. I could have written a book mm. because suddenly I've got all these things and it's my first thing. But then people have an expectation. Oh, when I did my next email, oh, yesterday's was really good. Okay, well, this podcast, oh, loads of people listened to episode one. Now, now we need to make sure we keep people interested. So it's constant pressure. And then you just want to, pre- a little bit of pressure, I think is fine. But you don't want to get to the point where you're only doing it because of that. Because of the pressure. Like if we ever didn't want to do, if we ever just stopped enjoying the podcast, but we had, say we had thousands of listeners, right? We were fucking podcast charts, top, whatever. But we both hated it. What's the point? What's the point? We, if we were like, oh, oh God, we, oh God, we've got to do the podcast. Oh God, uh, what are we going to talk about? I can't think of anything, but we had 10,000 views, uh, listens. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got, who gives a shit? Yeah. Who gives a shit? I don't want to do it anymore. I'm not, this is just hypothetical, but. <laughs> I, 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 excuse me. I do want to do it. <laughs> um, but it, it, it's that, isn't it? And going yeah. back to invisible scripts, like, okay, so there you go. Um, I'll read out a few examples. You need to go to uni to be successful. There's an invisible script. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not so much anymore. That's maybe a bit of a dated one. Um, after uni, you need to get married or buy a house. And you need to maybe have two kids and a dog. Uh, you need but to it's... find a nine to five job and grind away in an office until it's time to retire. Mm. I was thinking about that the other day because you know what I, I'm like with we were just saying about traditions and stuff. Um, university doesn't teach you how to make money. They teach you how to get a job. Yeah. And stay there. And, and I guess life skills if you've been away from home, isn't it? Fucking woodwork. <laughs> they literally teach you. If you think about what you learn at school, they teach you how to be like the perfect citizen. Mm. Well, you must learn how to bake bread, but you must know how to put a shelf up. Do you know uh, your algebra, in case anyone asks? Have you read Animal Farm? (laughs) Or um, uh, Lord of the Flies? Have you read of Mice and Men? Um, Get out of here. (laughs) Can you do some basic sums? What else do you learn? Do you know the countries? You must be patriotic. Do you know this? Do you know this? And it's like, hold on a sec. I ain't give a shit. <laughs> I think there's obviously some things, but when you look at it, it's like when I've, I mean, I've not done it, so I can't say, but when people say like, oh, when you do your driving lessons, they're, te- they're teaching you how to pass the test, not to drive a car. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think school does. They teach you how to get a job, but they don't teach you how to necessarily do what everyone's doing by getting a job which is have money yeah teach you how to make money because if they taught everyone the best ways to make money there'd probably be too many I know it sounds fucking bizarre but there'd be people would be in really good financial positions and there'd be no one to do the jobs Mm -hmm. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) and breathe and this is just a little snippet into my brain and how it works yeah, this is what happens when the ceiling stairs are happening. Um, they are the that is hundred percent. That was my ceiling stair yesterday. Does School it? doesn't teach you how to uh, make money; it teaches you how to get a job. Because it needs to, though, doesn't it? As well, like yeah. that, like to conform. Yeah. Well, 
so perception of self then goes to those traditions as well but then let's talk about how it applies to health and fitness so the perception of self now a days is very much driven by social media and um like what appears to be the done thing in the moment would you agree mm-hmm. what's the done thing now um high intensity classes um number driven stats mm-hmm. how many calories you've burned in a workout um how fast it took you to do something mm-hmm. how um I don't know the most mm-hmm. <laughs> Instagrammable setting mm-hmm. what's that gym that gym is it like somewhere in like um Mexico or somewhere it's like the beach gym oh god one where it's like all the wooden weights and oh stuff. yeah yeah there's like that one or there's like in Miami Miami beach gym like all that type of stuff it's like and don't get me wrong like I would I would go there because it's like it's an experience, it's something to do, but it's like the um sharing of that experience that we almost feel val- validates our yeah. sense like, of look, self. I've done it too. Mm. It's like when you go to Bali, if you if you go to the gym and you go to Bali, you go to CrossFit Wonderlust or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. and then you put a picture just to guys, don't worry, I'm here. I'm a real fitness person because I came to Bali and I came to CrossFit Wonderlust. And here's my pick of me eating an acai bowl <laughs> in my elephant pants. And it's like a rite of passage. It's like, my people do this. Again, it's like probably like that, that image of self. It's like that belonging, which we, which we spoke about this morning. It's like mm-hmm. people love to feel like they belong. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, it, and it's, it's bad because... I don't know. I, I said this to Sasha before. Sometimes I worry about being like really cynical about stuff, mm-hmm. but because I, I am, the, I would have done this. Like I went to Bali six years ago. I would have done that. I would have done it. When, I, when you're twenties, you do shit like that. Mm. There's nothing wrong. I'm not. And by the way, if you want to do that, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's funny how <laughs> it's funny how everybody knows that. Yeah. As in like when I when I made that little joke, you knew what I meant. Yeah, yeah, I do, of course. You weren't but like I think that's because we know each other well. That's why. Yeah, but also I reckon if I went to any PT in my gym, anyone I know in the fitness industry and said CrossFit Wonderlust, elephant pants, acai bowl, barley, they'd all be like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They'd get it. They'd yeah, get it. So it's not me, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying these things become so much of a rite of passage that everyone in the fitness community knows about it yeah and it's, it's, like, not, again, it's not like a running joke it's like just a running like huh, yeah anyway you know it's yeah. not me bashing it it's just saying it's I just find it fascinating how little things like that become something it's like a it's like um getting like uh when you used to go to brownies or scouts and you yeah. got a badge to it's say you've done exactly it like that it's like I've got the barley badge I've got this badge I've got that badge I've got the did this workout badge I've got da, 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 and it's like you just had and, and exactly and there's a reason why this works as well like, like let's go back to something like Strava which mm-hmm. um gamifies everything these days like exactly I I look at it and it, it comes up on my suggestive when I go on it and it's like for May um your badges are suggested to do the May 5k the the May 10k the May half marathon the um do whatever to get this badge and um, move mm-hmm. x amount of um 
meters or whatever or time in mm-hmm. that day and it's like there's a reason that um companies uh, 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 like push on this because yeah. they know that it's it's that sense of belonging we all crave we all really want we want to have that badge we want to have that photo in front of that big sign we want to yeah. have that picture to put on instagram of our food we want to have and it's like it's 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 an element of like validation but belonging and there's nothing wrong with the feeling of belonging like yeah. i just want to communicate that that's in <laughs> our nature we are social creatures we are connection and belonging is it's it's tribal that. it's tribal yeah so we're not back yeah, it's what's, it's what's led us to survive until exactly. this point. Exactly. So we're, we're not bashing, but yeah, Jess, carry on. I love how we just have to say that. I'm not. But we're not <laughs> no, but it is, and it's true. So it's like, in some ways, it's like asking ourselves, like, okay, why am I posting that photo? But mm-hmm. then also being like, meh, it's because, it's because I want to show people that I belong to the fitness community. I want to mm-hmm. show people that I um, go traveling and I belong to people who like to travel or I post a picture of me at the top of Snowden that's me showing that I love to be outdoors or do you like to be outdoors I also like to be outdoors like it's just this constant need for connection you sharing the latest book that you read is encouraging an open forum of people say I love that book yeah exactly and most book recommendations I've got is from me seeing another person read it and them saying so it's almost like yeah you want to share that you've read this book and because someone might read it because you've mm. posted yeah it's funny it's it's weird because it's like it's in our nature too mm-hmm. but then again with the like demise of social media mm-hmm. and our mental health and it's like at what point um are we using it for a helpful reason to connect mm-hmm. to to feel a sense of belonging and mm-hmm. what point does it fall over into that bracket of um it, it has a negative yeah. negative impact on our health because we don't feel like we belong or yes. we feel like we're missing out or we feel like we're excluded and that that then affects our sense of self exactly which is why like as we've spoken about probably fucking thousand times on this podcast why identity is such a huge thing within fitness because it can be very detrimental because it can stop you like if you feel like you're not a gym person which again is an invisible script I'm not a gym person what the fuck is a gym person? Mm-hmm. What on earth is that? Oh, you know, those people that, you know, they film their stuff and they wear this and it's like, no, we've created that. That's not a thing. Yeah. That's just, uh, we've just, social media has created a gym yeah, person. Just like perception of self, that's your perception of others. Like it's a community, it's a gated community that you're not allowed in. Exactly. And we have, we have created it. And like in this book, in the 4,000 weeks, there's stuff about identity and how, we need to be careful that we don't tie our identity to, to one thing because then like we were talking about on our call this morning um there's a lot of people who when we talk about fitness and community obviously it's a huge thing and it became really popular with bodybuilding crossfit any uh now a little bit maybe bjj maybe yeah yeah like sports yeah, yeah. yeah. again not bashing it just telling the truth and then like we were saying this morning, sometimes if in our lives we don't have that community, I don't know, say you're one of those people who, who yeah, has friends, but looks at their, you know, the friends that they have and they're not necessarily in a group. They're just kind of like, oh yeah, I got my friend from uni. Oh yeah, well, I, I know, you know, this woman from work, we get on really well, but there's no like, 
or you don't have the same interests as your friends yeah you don't have the same interests or you feel a bit like oh yeah I don't really have much common with them or same with your family you will search for that connection in other places and a lot of people find it in the gym ah my people my people are here okay so people be like what's wrong with that absolutely nothing it will work until it doesn't yeah that's it until that that for some reason doesn't suit your life anymore for example your life changes outside of that yeah family demands um something unfortunate happens where you can't go to the gym anymore because maybe you're not physically Mm -hmm. able or all these other little things that we don't acknowledge Mm -hmm. or even the fact that your interests change as you get older as a person yeah absolutely and it and I know that (laughs) it's weird like I've worked in the same gym for a long time now and I remember even if I wasn't in so even if I had no sessions in that day and it was a weekday I'd still go because Simon was there um Mass was there Campbell was there my gym people were there and at home I'm like and I'd want to train and because at the time I mean I'm talking I'm going back five four five years now but at the time my identity was I was Sash you know Sash and Simon from from T3 that's who I was so if I was at home I'd be like I have nothing Mm. to do but now all these years later if I'm not in the gym I'm not going I've got my gym around there where no one knows me so I I can wear my headphones and no one will talk to me Mm. yeah because I want my gym time is my alone time I'll listen to a podcast and I laugh out loud to podcasts and sometimes I even I I'll join the conversation sometimes (laughs) in the podcast out loud I literally did it on my way to the post office this morning I was like I would I was on the podcast I was like I would never do that and it's like people can probably hear me but it's like it's my, <laughs> my, my time and I would never do that but because now I've understood that tying yourself to one thing like that doesn't help because then suddenly if it's not there or you just kind of lose contact with it suddenly you're like oh I need to find it somewhere else it's like no you don't you're fine so finding where you are finding that meaning is is really really tricky I think and and I think it's something that we discover all the way through life like I don't think anyone's anyone's sussed it truly no no one's but, it you but might it's like it. yeah you just you just kind of everyone's just kind of working it out on their own and and yeah I, I know what you mean in the sense mm. of that community element is is what yeah it is exciting is keeps us going is uh um be your friends there yeah it's, it's rewarding at the time yeah. and like you say it is until it isn't exactly and it's until like, it goes bust yeah and sometimes places will prey on that oh um join our crossfit community or whatever do this it's like when you get an email from asos or whatever and it's like don't miss out on this fucking I don't know let's just pretend that the trend is rainbows I don't know it just came into my head guys there's a rainbow trend don't miss out here's my here's all the uh products that we've brought out but but get them now because they won't be here in three days and everyone's like getting their credit cards (laughs) oh my god and it's like when in reality that rainbow fucking t-shirt that you bought will be on a landfill in a month because you don't want it anymore so you have to be like ah I see what they're doing there 
that's a micro trend mm. i don't want any part of it whatever bye and just realize that they're doing it for a reason they're sucking you in that's it's what like it's about. Um, the that just reminded me of the office where it's the fire drill <laughs> yeah <laughs> stay calm everybody stay calm <laughs> and it's just if you look at again not bashing but but when you look at coaches on instagram that are trying to create urgency with five spots left and it's like five spots left every month all year it's like, five, spots, five spots what is it where it's like <laughs> um that uh quote from Rankerman where it's like 90 percent of the time it works every time <laughs> exactly and it's like I said to you Jess like I see people say they've got five spots and then the next day they say they're full and then the next day at the end of their caption they'll put like a link in bio to work yeah. with me mm-hmm. I'm like hey hey Excuse me. <laughs> That's you tapping the screen. <laughs> I thought you had five spots left. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that's it as well. This is where coaching gets a bit twisted is in the sense that uh, marketing tactics, which is yeah. to create urgency. Look I'm, at just having, I'm just having a laugh, by the no, way. No, 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 no. But marketing <laughs> tactics is to create urgency. Yes. But then to somebody who doesn't necessarily do it authentically, it like butts heads it's like yeah create urgency when when you have urgency when it's truly authentic and yeah, you're, because sometimes you're, you do I I had um I had some spaces coming up for April yeah. mm. and I literally said I had them and mm. that was true I didn't yeah. have them, and now I don't yeah <laughs> and it's like I might have some in May but yeah. I don't, you know, it's like, yeah, it's, no. but there's nothing there's nothing wrong as well with mm. like saying um just to put it out there for coaches mm. like message me because we all know as coaches yeah that often a client doesn't sign up with you like i tried to yeah. click, click. <laughs> just a, a mute click doesn't happen like that it, it often is a process so like you having a conversation with someone now might actually be them signing up with you in nine months time so Absolutely. that's fine but being authentic um, that's why being authentic with your marketing is so important because yeah. i know for a fact that if i put on tomorrow that I had three spaces left for remote coaching people wouldn't think that I was lying no because you're not because I'm literally not and and if I was lying I'd say that all the time but I never say that but that's the thing as well and I think um you've got to remember that people see through stuff so maybe when you do it the first time which is again the problem with like mentorships promoting this five spots left thing it's like works the first time someone does it because they're like oh yeah oh my god they've actually got five spots it's like brick gets someone's attention but then a year later or six months mm-hmm. down the line or whatever it is mm-hmm. it's like oh they've been saying that a while now like I don't feel yeah. that special anymore or yeah. like the same breath where someone starts to sell you a product that they don't truly believe in yeah you can tell. and you buy it and it's like oh you don't you don't doesn't make sense you lose trust in that person mm-hmm. and then that trust is gone again I love clicking today <laughs> and it's done. Uh, yeah, uh, no, so it's it gone. is a trust thing. It is a trust thing, and there's plenty of people I'm sure that that say like, oh, oh, I worked with this person and they said this, and then you know I was all like excited, and then nothing happened and whatever, and it's terrible. But it's also like limited spots, limited spots, all day, every day, <laughs> they're always limited, and it's always <laughs> like yeah, and it's all like it's when um. It's like, hey guys, I've got some 
unlimited <laughs> limited spots <laughs> <laughs> but it's all like when you see a discount on something and it's not it says 40 percent off and it's like no it's oh, not because that ASOS, price was the same yeah. as it was a year ago it's like it's not and asos pisses me off as well where it's like up to 50 percent off and i'm like oh my god 50 percent off and then i'll go up and it's like that product that i want has got one percent off i'm like damn it what the um anyway what we're talking about self self self-belief self no something about i don't know self-image yeah so we could conclude we haven't done a segment on are we still here we got one okay quick are we still here um (laughs) do we do the that five spots one i guess was was it no let's do something more like are we still here cardio for fat loss because we were talking about this morning oh we were because we are still there we set, yeah, we, we set up camp there and I thought I thought we might be easing away maybe no, no. <laughs> I was thinking cardio, cardio for fat loss Sasha have had two Sasha and I have had an instant each this week where this has come into our paths yeah and it people... came it came quite unexpected I think for both of us yeah yeah true and and in in a place where we're like uh, those people they're fine they they know they get this they're on it and it then saying oh, what about just doing some cardio? Or what about doing this class? Or what about doing this? Why? Oh, I think I just want to accelerate or I want it to help my fat loss. And it's like, okay. Um, okay, let's talk about it again. And I said to Sasha, I don't think it's that people don't know because no, they it's do. Not. It's not. People know. But for me, I think what people need in this instance is time. It just takes pure annoying frustrating time long for it to sink in and that's so long that's what's the hard bit is because people don't have people believe they don't have time they want instant stuff what's the instant thing to help do something well i'm just gonna go to an extra class well i'm just gonna go for a run yeah i'll do more the stuff that didn't work for me previously i'm gonna do more of it because it must have been the amount i did not the actual thing and this is where this is where as coaches, obviously it's for, you know, for the podcast, we, we, we want to make it entertaining or whatever, but this is where without sounding cliche, empathy is the most important thing that in this position, Jess and I have to practice because if Jess said this to me, she wants to lose fat. She, and Sasha, so she wants- Sasha would go i straight across my face. You know what? If, Jess, if honestly, right? If Jess, Jess, as my client as well, messaged me so saying, "Oh, hey, I'm gonna actually do a couple of extra runs because um, I had a, I don't know, my food's been really bad and I feel like I need to lose some weight." I wouldn't reply to her. <laughs> she'd leave me. She'd leave me on red because but... you know, we you know why. <laughs> she does not need a reply to that. <laughs> she doesn't need it. However, I empathise with the fact that high intensity training and extra cardio is sold as something that burns energy and as energy balance is so prominent probably more prominent than it has ever been in our industry they say it it, it's like with money it's like well you either need to reduce your earn more or reduce your spending it's the same as in fitness okay well you need to eat less or you need to move more pick one what do most people not really want to do if they're already limiting it they really want to eat less so you think okay I'll move more then when in fact as we know when you move more and do intentional cardio that's probably high intensity because 
how many people do intentional low intensity steady state minimal mm-hmm. because they don't think it's enough your appetite increases stress stress so your cortisol rises and just remember your body doesn't know the difference between stress from a broken home and stress from exercise it doesn't know all the stress difference. is the same all stress is the same so that might lead to overeating i have heard a million times oh i did that class um oh i, I wanted to have a burger tonight but uh, oh no no i did that class it's fine yeah yeah order it or um oh 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 you deserve that oh yeah you've earned that oh my yeah. god i i said to you over the easter holiday i thought i'd deleted a lot of stuff but no i yeah. hadn't i've no, seen I've seen, I've seen so many people say like earning earning easter my eggs. easter eggs or like um for my sins at the gym yeah, on, exactly. on easter on easter monday yeah. i was like oh. so we so as coaches because obviously we remove ourselves from that because it's noise we forget sometimes to our detriment that it's still there so when it comes up in a conversation we're like oh i wasn't expecting that to come through mm. Mm-hmm. But when it does, you almost have <laughs> sound to... like you're like a like you're telepathic. Then I wasn't, wasn't expecting that unidentified <laughs> knowledge coming. <laughs> and then so obviously when it comes through, it's hard. And and I, when I got the message personally, um, I left it for a, a good amount of time because I was like, I need to think about this answer because my emotional brain will be annoyed that mm-hmm. not that they think it. It won't. I'm not annoyed at them. I'm not annoyed at them for thinking it. I'm annoyed no. at the world for making her believe that that's the answer. Yeah, for sure. Where and that's where leave it for a bit. And I think we are both massive empaths, aren't we? Huge. Which helps helps our job. It helps our job in so many ways. But it also hinders it. <laughs> it hinders it in a way that we're like we take. It's like we almost get um like empathy fatigue sometimes where we have to be like right, come on, let's have a little. Come on let's go for a walk let's go for a breather and then let's come back and then let's like whatever yeah. but it's um it's it's so helpful in this instance because I think as well we've both been there where we thought like this yeah, is a pass absolutely. but also being able to help somebody else a client mm-hmm. understand without telling them without saying well well you're wrong don't be so stupid like that's not what we're saying Which we're saying what some like, people would do which is what some people would say. Yeah, exactly. What people or some people would say, yeah, well done. Go, yeah, go spend an extra 30 minutes on the stepper or, or blah, 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 like the stuff that makes us feel ill. It's like some people would just say, yeah, go knock yourself out. But it's like a good coach will ask the questions. Okay, like, well, why do you think that? Where has that come from? Yes. Okay, well, what do we what do we know to be true? Yeah. What do you already know as factual information mm-hmm. based on the conversations that we've had previously? Mm-hmm about what that means and often we don't even have to say anything no they they, they go they go I know I know I just thought I just it just came into my head it was it was that that uh, knee-jerk reaction Mm -hmm. it's like panic yeah maybe looking in the mirror yeah yeah I feel which is another thing that I I don't hate because it comes from somewhere but when people say oh I just feel fat it's like that's that's like saying, oh, I feel tall. It's like, what? What? It's, it's an emotion. And emotions go away. It's a feeling. A feelings go away. How many people, Jess, do you know that say, I feel fat? And then don't, and then two weeks later, they, they don't even talk about it. It's like, for that moment in time, you felt 
fat. Right. Okay. Had you just eaten a big meal? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, probably. What did that meal consist of? Oh, I went out for dinner. See you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Um, so when these messages come through, it's like, okay, I look at it. I think, okay. They're thinking it for a reason. Don't message back yet. Wait a few hours. We need to sit with stuff as well. Like there's no better it. advice than sleeping uh -huh. on, oh on, my a, God. on a feeling. Yeah. Because you need an emotional thing. Yeah, you need lot your logical brain needs to push Kick that in. through a little bit. And more. it's not it's not quite there, is it? And I think that's it for a lot of people. Sitting on it or as a coach, giving people time to mull something over. Yeah. Because it's so helpful. Exactly. So trying to help too much is detrimental. Cause because what so for example, if I was a new coach, right, and say this is like my first client. Oh my god, I would have been the same. I would literally be like keyboard try this try this uh have you tried this oh my god so what this might come from here and it's like whoa, whoa whoa because you're almost trying to like look i know what i'm doing you're trying to prove trying. yourself prove yeah, that you know and, and, and prove that you know and for a client there'll be a certain element where to start with that might be helpful but then that quickly dwindles off because they're not learning anything no 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 you're just throwing information at them yeah hoping it's spaghetti it's going to stick like come yeah. on something's going to work Whereas actually by asking questions and allowing people to explain why they feel a certain way or whatever, people come to their own solutions just by saying it out loud because nobody else in the day has asked them that question. No one else probably in their life will ask them, well, why do you think that cardio yeah. is the best thing? Because They'll everybody just almost... agree with them or something. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, well, I saw it in a magazine. Okay, cool. Well, when and again digging a bit deeper digging a bit deeper goes goes on and on and on mm -hmm. so no I, I i agree i think from a coaching perspective that's it it's um making sure we ask the right sort of questions exactly and it's about knowing that obviously jess and i uh know this but it's about understanding that our job as a coach isn't to they're doing the work it's their responsibility we're there to guide and help them so by me throwing information at this client it's looking pointless it's like okay great well none whatever how has that helped in any way no but if that by me saying that's interesting this is literally what I said I said that's interesting can you I said can you explain that to me because sometimes you need to hear your own explanation. It's like sometimes I say, say it out loud and just explain it out loud. Mm. And then you, they're like, oh, so, 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 and then they say it and that's all it took. They just need yeah. to hear themselves say it to realize. And then they're like, yeah, it's weird that why I do that. I wonder why I do that. And I'm like, I don't know. Why do you think you do it? And then it's like, don't reply now. Sit with it. This isn't like a, uh msn chat whatever hmm. don't reply now have a think about it and then on that so we've got a call on monday um i said have a think about it and then let's chat about it yeah again and, and do you know what that also teaches as well is what we just said about the instantaneous patience. thing yeah patience and we're also shocking at it whereas actually sometimes just 
pausing, sitting with something is is does you the world of good. Absolutely. And I think I'm I'm trying to be more patient with myself at the moment and not just thinking things straight away. And if I get some news that I didn't necessarily want, like just being like, okay. Um that's frustrating, but it's happened. What can we do? Rather mm. than <laughs> Yeah. Going all Hulk mode. Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, thanks guys. That was fun. Yeah, good. Good chat. I love how it started with Susan Boyle and ended on Susan Boyle and started with yeah, I started with finished with cardio. Being patient. Cardio and being patient what should we name this pod susan susan boyle and <laughs> susan boyle and self-worth yeah susan boyle's sense of self-worth <laughs> um that'll get your attention uh thanks so much for joining us guys don't forget to like share subscribe if you're enjoying the pod we would love to hear from you we are coming up to a year of doing the pod and please 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 do keep us in the loop if you're enjoying it and i know you might be like oh yeah whatever whatever but if we've been doing this for almost a year the least you could do is let us know that you're enjoying it the least you can do and if you're unsure sleep on it come back to us tomorrow a bit of patience and then drop us a message yeah um and then in year two um we will we will have guests we will have guests we're gonna I think, have guests. I think, yeah the first year is almost like us just you know enjoying it and getting our bearings and understanding how it all works and what people like to listen to and then you know it, it will, be, will be fun to have um some guests on yeah we've spent over two days of our life recording wowee imagine if we got a famous one on Imagine, imagine if we got like Brene Brown on. <laughs> oh my Brene. god, that be a dream. I, you know what? I wouldn't want Brene Brown on because I wouldn't know what to ask. And then she'd be like, I also, yeah, <laughs> I would feel like she would talk and then both of us would be stood here like this. <laughs> You're going to keep going? <laughs> They'll be like, I don't even know what to say to her. Like, that's, that's bloody Brene, brilliant. Brene, that was outstanding. Um, yeah, I'd be taking any, notes no, the whole time. Yeah, I'd be like, no further questions. <laughs> <laughs> no further questions your honor bye yeah i'll just be like Brene, we're gonna mute our microphones you crack on love <laughs> you crack on that'd be a um, great podcast. Yeah, thanks guys um thanks so much for joining everybody really appreciate it and yeah see you next week for episode 48 see you next week see you in a bit.